This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. Right, there he is, the man, the myth, the legend. Let me put on my headsets to make sure I hear him. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Now, now I got you. Now I got you. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great, man. Uh, down here in Coral Gables for uh, practice number two. Uh, was in Orlando over the weekend for the Under Armour uh, Combine where they had a bunch of the 2024 kids from all over the state. And uh, just been busy, man, turning out a lot of uh, content. No, I know. And uh, I've read, uh, obviously, some of that content at The Athletic, which you all should subscribe to uh, support Manny and keep up with what's going on with uh, with the Canes uh, overall, uh, Manny. Uh, when we uh, when we when we see the headline that says "Beefy Lineman," <laughs> yes, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a different different look for a lot of the offensive and defensive linemen out here. Uh, you can see where Mario's gone out, and uh, you know it's kind of like the Bill Parcells thing, right, with the Dolphins when he went out there and all of a sudden started get get getting. You know, measure, measurements played a big role in who he recruited. I think it's the same thing going on here. You know, you have the two uh, five-star offensive tackles from the last recruiting class, Samson Okunlola, Francis Mangoa. Uh, they're, they're with the second team right now, but you watch those guys. They're both 6'6". They're both well over 300 pounds, and they look like monsters. You add in a, a Javian Cohen, who's another huge offensive lineman from Alabama, you get the Matt Lee kid, who's a 6'4", 295-pound center from UCF. And all of a sudden, you look like you uh, belong in college football up front. No, I know. And that's, to me, that that also, I, I would imagine, here's where we're going to start seeing some progress. And, you know, the battle for all these positions. Uh, how much of a chance do these young guys have a chance to, you know, crack the lineup? Yeah, man, I, I would say they have a great chance. You know, Zion Nelson is out this spring. There's a lot of guys out this spring that are that are still recovering from surgery or uh, procedures that were done during the season. And so, the, you know, Mario's allowing a lot of these young guys to come in and, and get a lot of reps, uh, both on the offensive and defensive line. So, uh, you know, I, I think I think there's a very good chance that come this fall, they'll be right there with some of the older players to win jobs. I got to tell you something. I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but um, it seems to me like, you know, Mario, and he's a smart dude, uh, but he is kind of stubborn in his ways. But the way he was talking, now you got to show it to me and I got to believe it, right? Yeah. But Mario's been kind of conservative in the way he coaches even offensively in football. But the way he was describing his offensive coordinator the other day and kind of talking about how uh, it, it's going to be, you know, a, a mix of of an aggressive defense and things that you have to. He was kind of again, I'm paraphrasing, but he was kind of saying things that you have to do in today's football where you have to have explosiveness. But at the same time, you know, he he also said, hey, we're, we're going to be able to be balanced and and run the ball. But. If we have to, you know, again, paraphrasing, if we have to go 70-30 passing, then we'll do what we have to do in order to do that. And and on the moments that we can be balanced, we're going to be balanced. And so 
I don't know if it's a change of philosophy. I don't know. I don't even know if that's fair to call that. You know, maybe he would take that as an insult. But it, it was almost like he was addressing that that conservative nature and saying, yeah, we're we're going to be a little different and we're going to be a little bit more aggressive than what you think. I don't know. You, you tell me you're around it more. Yeah, I mean, I, I think without question, I think, you know, when he came in here year one, he went out and he hired the guys, I think, that would run the kind of system when he's got all of his players here, right? Like, that's the kind of style. When he's got the 6'6", 330-pound offensive lineman across the board and the All-American defensive tackles and the All-American defensive ends, that Alabama, you know, power running game, Oregon running game type offense – um, I think in a perfect world, that's who Mario is at his heart, right? That's who he is as a lineman. But I, I use the word acquiesce. I think he came in here, he had a vision for what he wanted, and then he realized, I don't have the personnel, I don't have the players, I can't just force, uh, you know, uh, something uh, upon this group of players that they can't give me. So there's an adjustment, and, you know, right now the strength of his team really is his quarterback. It's Tyler Van Dyke. It's the offensive line. Uh, it's it's a, a couple of those big receivers, Colby Young, um, you know, some of the guys, that, the young guys that they've recently added to this roster. So you got to run the kind of system that is going to win you ball games. And I think last year he came in here saying, no, we're going to run the football. It's just going to be a mindset. And then he realized, man, I don't I don't know. I don't only not have the offensive lineman. I don't even have the backs that I need to play this kind of style. And it was sort of a tough learning lesson in year one for him. Well, I, I at least to me, it sounded like he, you know, and, and I think it's really important. You know, it's it's like I'm watching the heat. I know last night they finally started hitting threes, but it's like, dude, you guys built a team that was that's completely out of date. Yeah. Like, what the hell is going on in the NBA nowadays? And, 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 and how do you expect to win that you're a two point team in a three point world? And and to me, today in college football, uh, what I saw from them a couple of years ago, that's more like what you need. What I saw last year, brother, that that's not going to get you anywhere. You can't score. And and, and it, it just sounded to me like a guy that realized I, I've got to be a little bit more, you know, aggressive in my in my nature on offense. And And by the way, I think it's also going to help you lure more high-level talent because receivers aren't going to want to come to an offense that's just running the ball and not throwing, you know, nearly a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately what he's saying is we're going to do whatever it takes to win, right? And if and if throwing the football is the best way to do it, uh, that's what he's going to do. And, and, you know, I think at his heart, he's going to want to run the football and be more balanced. But uh, game to game to game, you know, they're going to have to make adjustments based on what they're facing and what they're doing. And, uh, you know, look, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, this this place used to be great and it's not great anymore. It's far from it. And there's yeah. a lot of work to be done to get there. And I, I just think, you know, instead of being maybe rigid in his ways like he was in year one, he's willing to adapt in year two and make the necessary changes, which is a welcome sight. We've had a lot of Miami coaches that don't do that. They've come in here and they're uh, they stick with the same defensive coordinator for five years or they stick with the same same uh, mindset, and uh, you you can't you can't do that here. You got to adjust uh, when when you're a mediocre football program. Yeah, no, and that's exactly what they've been—an uh, incredibly mediocre and embarrassing football program. Hopefully, they. I I think I think Crystal Ball will figure it out. I, I really do. I I think he's 
He's just got to learn and uh, and get everything, uh, you know, in place. And hopefully we'll see them take some steps forward uh, this year. Uh, one of your articles in The Athletic, you talked about international players. Yeah. And, and, and you know, this year the Miami Dolphins had a young man from I, – I, Kohu is, I think, from um, somewhere in Africa. I want to say Nigeria maybe or I, I forgot exactly which is the country he's from. Um. And so Cater, you know, we're, we're watching, you know, international players make the transition. One of the things I've talked about with the NFL that I think their next, you know, frontier I've said is you got to put a European division, not an expansion of one or two teams. You got to put four teams out there, one in London, one in Paris, one in Berlin, one in Barcelona, and then have like an international a facility where the visiting teams from America can go there and a visiting facility and hotel, and they can stay there for a couple of weeks and play a couple of teams. And the same thing here, build an international facility here. So that when the international teams come here, they stay for a couple of weeks in a centralized place that they can fly to, you know, different locations and play a couple of games and then, you know, fly back. And why do I say that? Because the next frontier is what basketball and soccer have done. Soccer has been, yeah. you know, pulling from the world talent for for a hundred years. Basketball now, obviously, the last 30, 40 years, we're watching the international talent crossover and international leagues grow and all that kind of stuff. And so now the NBA has an international, you know, system, and so does baseball from the Caribbean and, and, and uh, you know, South America, Central America, where they have, you know, a couple of uh, countries that play baseball and they're feeding, you know. So for me, that's the next frontier that the rest of the world picks up American football and it starts to go to the next level. How much do you see that growing right now at, at the college level? I think a hundred percent, you know, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's definitely growing. I mean, especially, I mean, you, you, you've had the Australian punter thing for a while now, right. uh, really fed into the NFL and the college systems. I mean, it, it feels like every major power five team has an Australian punter these days, the way that's worked out. And obviously Miami had Lou Headley. Now they've got Dylan Joyce. So it's kind of like a, it's, it's continuing now in the state uh, into phase two here in 2023, but you know, when I when I was in Orlando for this, by the summer, way, just to, just to add a, a little a little historical uh, historical nugget, I think mm -hmm. I think his name was like Goble or something like that, the Giants kicker. Yeah, back in the '60s. Yeah, right. They they went to a soccer player because all the kickers were kicking straight. Oh yeah, and they went and found a soccer player that started doing it from the side. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, he's the guy that started all of that. A soccer player is the one that changed the way American kickers approached the field goal. You know what I mean? So yeah. it shows you that that you know that that influence can help you out in so many different ways. But go ahead. No, what I what I was going to say now is it's sort of expanding even more into rugby, uh, in the rugby players. You know, Francis Maui Go. I was just listening to an interview I did with him back in December. Um, and you know, he talked about playing rugby over in American Samoa. That's what he, that's what he grew up playing up until about, he was 12 years old when he made the switch to football. Um, you know, the, the uh, MVP of this Orlando all American combine that, that got an invite to play in the game. He's from Mozambique. Uh, he's a, he's a six, four, 280 pound center 
who has tremendous feet because he grew up playing rugby. He, he just started playing football at age 14, and uh, he's from Mozambique. Uh, I mean, I, I, there were kids there from Germany. There's another offensive lineman from Germany who's been here for two years. He's living in Georgia. One of the top defensive linemen, one of the kids that, that won MVPs, French-Canadian kid out of Montreal. So, uh, you know, it, it's definitely diversifying. And I think, um, you know, you, you have to sort of it's, – it's a global game now for football. It's really turning into that. And I think in the next five to ten years, you're going to see it expand even more because these places are getting better at what they do in terms of development. Yeah, no, I'm, I, and I think that that is going to open it up now for football, you know, is 10, 20 years down the line. Right. Uh, it's going to take a while for, for this to happen because obviously it takes a while for young people to start to really appreciate the game. And I think the more American football is played overseas, mm -hmm. you know, the NFL games, I think the more we do that, obviously that will, that will continue to influence and, 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 and help the game grow, you know, overseas. And then that will allow colleges and the NFL to have a bigger pool of talent to to actually go and get, you know what I'm saying? So I think that that's yep. that's you know, but that's again, it's down the line. But that's where their next revenue stream is really going to come from, at least on the pro side, uh, is is uh, going overseas. Uh, just out of curiosity, bro, uh, your your thoughts on Jim Laranega? Because uh, that man is just absolutely yeah. amazing. Amazing job by really him and I think his, uh, you know, he, he had a lot of coaching turnover. People forget in the last couple of years he's had assistant coaches leave him. And I think the real uh, way that you judge how great a head coach is is how many of his guys go on to other places and do great things. And then how quickly can he replace them and keep winning? And I think this is proof in the pudding that you have the right head coach. doesn't matter who his assistants are. He can rotate those guys in and out and keep winning. And it's really, it's really more of a testament to him. Uh, and I think the job that they've done in the transfer portal, you know, I think back to when I first started covering Miami basketball uh, 15, 20 years ago uh, with, with Jack McClinton, he was sort of the first big time transfer. I think in the modern era, when you started having kids do that regularly in basketball before it became a big deal in football. Um, and ever since then they've, they've done a great job just picking off kids from other teams um, bringing them in here, but, uh, you know, testament also to, to Larinaga's recruiting, getting a guy like Isaiah Wong and turning him into the ACC player of the year. Uh, so it's a, it's a mix of it. Uh, but look, after their elite eight run, I think a lot of people were like, Hmm, they, they lost some guys and see, see if they can make it back there. And, uh, they have a great team. I mean, they, they won, uh, what, 24, 25 games are going into the ACC tournament as the number one seed, uh, testament to the job Larinaga's done in his time here. I think what what's happened is that college basketball has come back to Jim Laranega's world because Jim Laranega's world development, right? Right, right. He's never been the McDonald's All American guy all the way back to George Mason, right? So he always had to have guys who were pretty good, but not NBA, but good at the college level, but with a lot of experience, three, four years, like the Shane Larkin teams, where Larkin was the only young guy that actually had NBA skills. Right. And the other guys were just older veterans that at best they were probably going to play overseas or something like that. But they were really good college players because they were in the, you know, their bodies had developed, their minds have developed. They've been in the, you know, three, four years. And then here we got again. Now, here's basketball where McDonald's All-Americans are gone. Very few of them are left now. Most of them go to a G League or overseas because they go get the money right away. 
right? And so now you've got less stars in the league. So now this is why the North Carolinas and the Dukes and the Kentuckys, they're not the powerhouses that they were before because they're not right. loading up on McDonald's All-Americans. Now you've got to play the game that Jim Laranega has been playing for 40 years. Correct. So to me, that's kind of what's happened now. Everybody's at Jim Laranega's level, and Jim already was competing with everybody at elite levels while he was here at this level. Now you're at his level? Oh, dude, he's eating your lunch. Yeah, great <laughs> great, great point, though. It really is. And, uh, you know, I – I, I just think NIL is really when you when you think about the impact for college basketball, it's saving maybe the sport. You know, a lot of these guys, like you said, they'll take the money overseas. They'll they'll leave early because they think that's the right decision. Hopefully, more and more of these guys decide to come back to school and finish their college careers and realize, hey, look, it's probably a long shot. I'm going to make it in the NBA, right? Like this is this is probably my time to shine and enjoy you know, my career at, at a high point, you know, uh, and, and I think more guys hopefully make those decisions instead of rushing to go pro and NIL helps in that. It helps keep some of these guys around and gives them a little bit of money in their pocket uh, and lets them sort of uh, fully develop instead of rushing to what, to, uh, to the way they used to be where so many guys and think about it. How many, how many guys came in, played one year of college ball and we never heard from them again, Yeah, you know? I mean, it's so many guys, and, and and you, oh look, he's in Spain. Oh look, he's in France. Or, but you you never hear of the guy again. I think I think you know what what Miami's done this year is sort of a good example. And Isaiah Wong, you know, where where is he going to be in two or three years? Is he really going to be in the NBA? Uh, this is his time to shine. Being the ACC player there, that's something they'll never take from you. You know, this experience, and and I think I think sometimes kids have to value that a little bit more than the quick money, and and hopefully NIO helps balance that again. Any uh, recruiting news on the on the football side? You know, no no commitments yet. Uh, a lot of visitors. I think really, you know, the kids that they really want. I know the junior day was this past weekend, and, and I talked to a bunch of them while I was here, uh, especially some West Coast kids. Um, it, it's really about the one-on-one time that you get. So junior day was hundreds of kids that were here. I think it's more when, when, when the kids come in and they get their private tour, we might see some of these commitments happening after that. But I'm more of a expected in April, May, June kind of guy when when kids are done taking all you know all of their unofficial visits and they start locking in official visits. I think that's when we'll we'll see uh, we'll see some of this stuff progress. All right, good stuff. Follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro. Make sure you subscribe to the Athletics. You can get a lot of great insight, all kinds of great stories. He's traveling around the country, keeping up with a lot of this recruiting stuff nationally. So get on there and subscribe at The Athletic and follow Manny. Manny, as always, thank you, my brother. We'll catch up later in the week, my friend. All right, oh, good talking to you, brother. Take care. You got it. We'll be at Canesware on Friday at 10 a.m. Sean and myself will be out there, 2511 South University Drive in Davie. And wait till you see what a surprise I have on Friday over there. But anyway, um, Make sure you uh, get out there, and they got anything and everything with the Canes logo on it. If you can't go to Davie, maybe you live out of town, maybe you live in Hope Sound or in the Keys, you can go online at canesware.com. They've got anything and everything practically with a Canes logo on it. They've got Heat, Marlins, Panthers, Inter-Miami, uh, what else? Uh, Marlins gear, all kinds of stuff. 
And guess what? You can order it. And if you order over $99, which will be really easy because you're going to want to buy this and that and this and that and that. And before you know it, you're going to have like 25 items. Uh, you'll get free shipping over $99. So check it out at caneswear.com. All right. Good stuff as always.